oftentimes they won't click on something because the design is kind of lame and maybe that's the best release ever but <laughs> i know i often wonder that too i'm like this is so ugly i don't want to click on it but what happened <laughs> Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. Today on the show, we have one of my favorite indie record labels. They're a Canadian record label. That's not why they're my favorite, although that certainly helps. But the label today is called Stereo Ferment. And they do kind of like uh, house music and tropical Afro uh, house music. Um, I just love them. I really love this label. We talk a lot about um, design and because they have kind of a cohesive look to their label. Um, we talk about DJs. We talk about a lot of fun things. I think you're going to enjoy today's episode. A huge shout out to our friends at Squarespace for sponsoring today's episode. If you are in need of a new website for your record label, if you're just starting out, or if you've had a label for a while just running off of Bandcamp as your website or something like that, and you now think it's time, let's do something really elegant and cool. I personally have been using Squarespace, not just for otherrecordlabels.com, which you should go to, by the way, but uh, also for my own label for the past 10 or 15 years. And I just think they're simple. It, it makes things look pretty. And I think they're kind of artist friendly. I think they make sites that look good for artists, also visual artists and photographers, but certainly for record labels. So go to otherrecordlabels.com slash Squarespace where you can use our coupon code ORL10 to get 10% off your site. Yeah, I was listening to, so I've been listening to the the compilation all summer long, like all summer long. And uh, I was just, I was like, man, have we, I got to ask them about a couple of things. And I was like, have we done an interview? I'm sure we've done an interview and, uh, <laughs> and we hadn't. So there we go. Yeah. Well, thanks for inviting us. Cause this is uh, a little bit of a nice milestone moment for me being a fanboy of the podcast oh so. there you go right right on how many years have you guys been doing this I, I mean if i had to guess i would say maybe four three 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 okay three it was like Just a over three, yeah. early lockdown kind of we were talking about getting this going and then by june i guess of 2020 we had the first release out Okay. Okay. Cool. So, can, what is the what does the name of the label mean? Uh, Stereo ferment. So, um, basically, it came about um, around 2017. I was uh, what what was it like? I, so, so I had like a couple of nights, um, just little DJ nights at small bars. Um, and I was also getting into fermenting foods and and kombucha and uh, yeah. you know, sauerkraut and stuff like that at the same time. And I just thought it would be cool to have like a you know a, a, a little night that was like uh, meet and greet kind of you know bring your fermented foods and listen to some tunes and you know yeah. that, that, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. And then uh, yeah, basically, but it like that was a bit of a failure. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I, it, DJ night, like no one brought fermented foods. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but that was like the kind of general origin of it, of, of the name. And then it evolved into like a, a mixed series that I started doing every month, like just an online, you know, just, just to kind of be active and, right. And what, and then, um, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, around 20, uh, then turned into a label in 2020 when the pandemic happened. Like, I would say the name Stare Ferment definitely, like, now, like, you know, describes well the kind of genre fluid vibes that we are going for. Like, anything goes. Yeah. So, yeah, the name luckily represents a lot of things and, like, work has worked from uh, its original origins. Yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah. I would have never guessed that it comes from like a literal origin. And so, that, <laughs> <laughs> so, but what's funny is that like the amount of labels I've had on the show where I can just kind of like guess my own meaning of their, you know, and oftentimes I'm right and oftentimes I'm wrong. And so, yeah, I think it, it's the kind of thing that can evolve or ferment into a different meaning over the years. So <laughs> I, I kind of feel like, yeah, like I would have guessed my own meaning to it. But that's cool. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it definitely, like, it was kind of a play on words with the origin of the night, too. You know, it was like fermented foods, you know, yeah. mixed cultures. Isn't there, and, I mean, it's, 
like uh, it's a great label, but it's definitely a weird idea for a show. But I, I isn't there a guy who does paninis, like a DJ who does paninis or a musician on oh, stage? I, I, I know there's. <laughs> I, I, I've heard of like a small night here in Toronto that was actually like a grilled cheese party <laughs> where they. Were- I'm pretty sure <laughs> there's a musician that makes paninis while performing. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll I don't. Have to, I don't well, like, like two decks and two panini makers. <laughs> that's <to them>. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of themselves. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Or like one of those waffle spinners, you know, those like flippers. That that would be really good. <laughs> that so, are all over the place. Yeah, I talked about this in another episode as an example of consistency, like brand consistency. That's why I want to ask you about like the summer compilations that you guys have done for a couple of years, fermented grooves. I, I love these and, and I, I mean, I think for me, um, I think the first one I just checked out naturally and then last summer's was one I was like the soundtrack of my summer. And then this summer I've just been putting on the new one. My kids love that. Speaking of fermented, my kids love that fly in the soup track. Um, but (laughs) what's interesting is that like, I think when you dropped this one, or I probably had been anticipating it because I was thinking about last year's and I had been anticipating the new one just because I I felt like I needed it. It was something that I could listen to and it's long too. So it lasts for the summer. And, but there's this consistency to like the, to what you do specifically those summer compilations that like now come like end of June next year, I'm going to be expecting that. And I think that's a, no pressure. I think that's a very healthy place to get where, where your fans are expecting something from you. So this consistency that you have to your sound and also to your artwork and your graphics, can you talk to me about those and how do you execute those things uh, consistently and I assume intentionally? Yes. So uh, I guess to, to, to start with like the artwork, mm-hmm. the, one of, one of the main reasons I started the label um, was to kind of have have everything all all encompassing in like the the, the the crafts that I practice, you know, like design and illustration and and music. And because b- b- before that, I was like super uh, like spread super thin right. with like, different things and. Um, it just seemed like a good way to kind of make it all cohesive. So I was like, okay, I can have this outlet, do like my design illustration stuff and, you know, do the music. Uh, so that's just kind of like a natural kind of product of that, I guess, like my style and having that that thing. And then in terms of like consistency and sound, that's kind of, um, where the relationship with Brad comes in. Like, yeah, we like met through that, uh, similar love of like various, you know, crate digging kind of like music from around the world. And then I guess through us and through friends of us, ours that we're doing similar things. We've had a sort of a consistent roster of people that have um, been on, a few people have been on every compilation so far. Okay. And a few have been on a couple and then other people have just sort of naturally filtered in. Like we haven't actually, luckily haven't had to do too much work in like just approaching people. We've done that a bit, but, things have naturally happened that the right people have sort of been in our scope and that the vibe just felt like it was, it made sense for the compilations and they've, they've evolved a little bit, but I feel like it's just, and people have told us at certain points that we should focus it more, but I felt like the whole point of it is to like just a mash mishmash of everything that we're into Mm -hmm. and find what they love in it. And it can just be like a mix of stuff, like a mix for the sake of being a mix. Yeah. That still kind of has like a cohesion to it, but, um, like, you know, I, I guess the, the overlap is sort of the, you know, dusty tropical kind of flavors, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> and I mean, like you release them in the summer, right? Like, is that, yeah. Slowly yeah. getting pushed back because we're like, yeah, the first one came out in what June and then the second one came out in July. This one came out in August. It was kind of <laughs> like, 
right. you know, as everything starts stacking up yeah. more, and yeah. it's like taking 13, 14 months to make it. So before long, it'll be a Christmas compilation. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to in the summer yeah you definitely the- have to yeah it's well it's kind of nice because just from a fan perspective i mean nobody really labels probably shouldn't be doing too many releases in the summer because so many journalists and people take the time take time off and stuff but like a compilation is kind of nice same thing with like december like it's actually a good time of year to do like a compilation so i but i like it as a music fan just because it's like I don't know. Yeah, it's like summer is like lots for me. It's lots of driving. It's lots of time on the patio yeah. or at the beach, and so like, it's it, it, it's always been a really nice companion f- for me for that. Uh, uh, the consistency, the consistency though. I mean, the timing, and then for our fans who can't see it, our listeners right now who can't see it, but the the artwork for all three compilations are the exact same template like they're the exact same format different designs different color schemes but like they look like they should be uh, like a a series of books it's like the like the lord of the rings or whatever but like so tell me about (laughs) um tell me about it a a little bit more like uh, at some point maybe on was it volume one where you decided we're going to do this or was it volume two it's like hey let's copy the template of volume Uh, one it's like a sort of a a mix of a love of design and you know i've been like a big comic book collector and mm-hmm. design book collector over the years so i kind of you know it, it, it's my chance to sort of do a cool little design yeah. series that. but um uh also in terms of the consistency it's also correlates with a little bit of laziness um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> Like okay, well you know this this works, so I can do some like little alterations and jazz it up a bit, um, and yeah, you know like I, I think with that kind of consistency, I think the the thing that sometimes is a little bit of a challenge is because I I I do like to evolve uh-huh. stuff, time, but it's, it's like how do you evolve it where it makes sense and it's not like so rigid i mean some people like that's their brand they can do that they can just like you know do one thing one week and then something yeah, different the next yeah. i think the way that stereo ferment in general kind of works is with because we have been slowly evolving our sound in like different directions and uh we kind of look at it like a little bit like a dj set like you know how do you get from like because that the, DJ culture is like super baked in yeah. with our yeah. label too. Right. Um, so yeah, you kind of just look at it, you know, if I do decide to change the style of like the design. Yeah. I feel I'll like you're different. warning me that, that it's going to change next summer. That's what you're trying. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're <laughs> lubricating <laughs> me right now. <laughs> well, well, yeah, Chris- Christmas compilation, different artwork entirely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, you, you're ruining this. I wish I hadn't said anything. It's like anytime you tell an artist, like, I like this, I'm anticipating the next thing, then they're just going to completely go against that. Uh, well, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've had um, a Geographic North is one of my favorite uh, labels, and they, they have an emphasis on design as well. And they do this thing. I don't know if they still do it. They kind of do where like they have like a, a series of like sort of like a template series and they do like maybe four or five releases in that series. And then next year, it's almost like a new season. That's that look and feel changes, but it's, but they do another four or five in that series. So that's kind of a way of doing both, you know? I remember listening to that uh, episode actually, and, and and taking notes from that yeah, because yeah. I was like, that's uh, that's kind of uh, that 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 particularly stuck with me in terms of how I think I like to approach it. Yeah. Sure, I'm gonna we're gonna move on from artwork in a second, but I do have another question about it because I, I always think of labels. Uh, you know, you get to see the entire label often because of Bandcamp. When you go to Bandcamp. And, and I don't even think there would have been an example of this prior because even in record stores, your records are scattered by genre or by the last name. And But on Bandcamp, you get to see the label as a whole. And so with your label, that's where you can see the aesthetic consistency. 
And so what happens, I mean, there are one or two exceptions in, in your catalog. What happens when an artist says, you know what? No, actually I want to take a photo. I want to use my, my face or I want to take a photograph of, of a painting or something. And, 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 and you start to get sweaty palms or something, right? What, what happens there? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've, I've, I've thought about that, I guess. Um, I mean, you know, I'm not like totally opposed to it. it uh, at, the, at the moment, everything sort of just works. Like people that have approached us to, you know, do a release or that we've approached, you know, it's like, because they, they want that kind of, that's right. Yes. That, that good thing, good that, for you. Yeah. Package. But having said that, if, you know, for whatever reason, someone did, you know, like a, a never closed off to anything in particular but yeah. uh yeah yeah i think i think that generally people we work with it's like a collaborative like oh yeah we're coming to your platform um you know we want you on our platform how can yeah. we like make it all together yeah so it's what you're saying is it hasn't happened yet it hasn't <laughs> happened yet luckily it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right well i guess this pleasant, nice thing here. Like, we'll watch out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Don't don't ask. Yeah. Uh, well, I as a music fan, I mean, I can be, I can be just scrolling in my feed, and one of your releases can pop up in my peripheral, with the exception of like one or two. But like most of your releases can pop up. Definitely the fermented grooves, and I know it's from you guys. And and that's like on the the far end of the the extreme. We have other labels that just pop their logo in the top right corner, and it's very subtle. Um, but I think that you know that's really powerful if you can get to a place. And again, a lot of creatives don't like to be beholden to parameters. But if you can get to a place where people like me can spot you a mile away uh, and say, "I know I'm going to like that," I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agreed, and I think, uh, yeah, I think like parameters are super healthy and in, in in creativity in art, you know, um, it's you know not yeah I, I don't know you know like what like when I'm scrolling around Bandcamp personally I think it's super helpful like I'll see something that looks familiar catches my eye and I'm not even sure why first and I'll click I'm like oh yeah this label or this artist like you start to like mm. I've checked this out before but haven't checked out newer stuff yet or whatever yeah. um but like, it's huge like the, the uh design aspect is like especially in that like, that bottom section below like the, the recommended section yes or when or when you like go kind of tag hopping like i'll just jump right. tag wow yeah. the design is huge mm. yeah uh, oftentimes i won't click on something because the design is kind of lame and maybe that's the best release ever but <laughs> i know i often wonder that too i'm like this is so ugly i don't want to click on it but what happened <laughs> you're, you're gonna waste those precious seconds i know <laughs> yeah that yeah um so what is your i mean let's talk let's move to consistency of genre of sound so many labels mm. are so reluctant to say they have a sound but do you guys have a sound, you know, you kind of alluded to having a sound for the compilations, the summer comps, but do you guys have a, a stereo ferment sound? Um, I'm not even sure if we do for the summer. Like we did like this, this dusty tropical kind of Balearic vibe on the summer comps, but then we start to get some more harder kind of air of like hard Italo kind of vibes that um, on newer ones. Maybe someone else would say that this just sounds like us, but maybe we're too <laughs> close to it to realize that yeah, um, yeah. And, and then we put up yeah the Akote EP that was a bit more like kind of breaks and left deal kind of vibes so like we're open yeah. to other things but if it somehow speaks to us then we, I can't tell you why something would or wouldn't but yeah this kind of like um, what, what is it uh, with the overlapping circle Venn diagram yeah is yeah. That what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah it's kind of like a rough uh, Venn diagram of, of of sort of texture um you know overall kind of vibe and but, but it's not like necessarily genre specific we just kind of know you know because as as djs as both of us we both have like a pretty genre fluid sound that is also super specific in a if yeah, that makes yeah, sense yeah <laughs> so and and like because that's kind of how we met we we were both playing at a festival uh back in 20, uh, 2018 
And we were both uh, like booked on the lineup. It was my first ever festival. And, um, and he played the day before, Brad played the day before. And I, I heard like his set from over the field and like he played like three different songs that I was going to play in my set that I never heard anyone else play out <laughs> little alone in the same set. It was just, yeah. it was like one of the, what the, <laughs> you know, what the fuck kind of moments. Yeah, yeah. And, and I ran up to him. I was like, Hey, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of like, like just that uncanny, um, similar taste of music is, is what drives the label. So we'll like, either come across something that we really like or get something submitted and we're just a good barometer or like gauge on, on kind of like if this works like we i don't think we've ever disagreed no, no i don't think like so at least so like the, our tastes are the consistent the consistency i guess like yes yeah filter is the consistency i'm sure other people can then we can't hear it exactly because we're too close to it but someone else could say oh this sounds like stereo for men even if it's like very different vibes happening but it just filtered through what we like, and that just gives us a sound of some kind. Well, yeah, and I think that to me is where you know some people argue the existence of labels. You know, why why do they need to exist? And I, I think this is one of the things I love so much about labels is really that individual or the, the group of people, their taste. And like you said, like you guys met each other at a festival because you, it's like when somebody wears like an, a t-shirt of an obscure band, like, you know, you're going to be friends with them. And so like that, that connection, and that's what I love about labels. And I think the proof is in the pudding because for you guys, I mean, whatever the genre is, I can't necessarily just pick another artist or another label in that genre and like it. But, um, you guys did a uh, Spotify playlist that is not just your music, right? Like it's just music yeah. you like. And I can easily listen to that on all of the songs on it or shuffle and I will enjoy it. Be and it just shows me that I do. I think I like your taste. I, another example is there's this um, Japanese retailer who sells shirts and he also sells records and stuff. I follow him on Instagram and like, I like the running shoes, the sneakers he posts. I like the books he posts and I like the music he posts. So like we have, I guess we have the same taste. And I just think that's an incredible <laughs> thing for music fans to be like, oh, this label, I think we we have the same taste. We probably have the same political views and this, you know what I mean? Like all yeah. these things. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would say my favorite labels are things where, like, yeah, I just I just like and respect their taste. Not so much that the label has a super consistent, narrow, dialed in sound. That's right. Like, have decent taste, and I just sort of follow them and, like, I'm along for that journey. Yeah, I, I think that there is, like, a more, like, kind of global, like, a nice a nice sort of communal connection that, that comes with all that, you know, because I, I, I know through just labels that I follow and admire and, you know, model off, like I've developed relationships with them just through, through loving it. And, you know, like, yeah, you, you develop like genuine good friendships. Totally. Through yeah. this music. And <laughs> let me pressure you for parameters because you probably do have to say no to some things, even if you do like it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah. Definitely. And it's usually um, like we don't, uh, uh, you know, butt heads against that. We just kind of know we'll get stuff sent to us by friends or even like artists that we've kind of hit up and be like, oh, hey, do you want to be on the comp? And then they've sent something through and we're like, uh, yeah. Can be a little bit awkward sometimes, but um, especially if you've hit someone up, and you, you've asked them for an edit. Oh, I like your work. Can you send us an edit? And they do, and you're like, ooh. Um, I know, I know, I know. I, I honestly, I've been on both ends of that. I I have like hired session musicians because I've been a big fan of them, and then the tr the stuff that they sent me was just like not their best work, and it's so awkward. But then I've also been hired. <laughs> to mix stuff because people like my stuff and then they don't like it on their own music. And they're like, no, that's not what we had in mind. And it's, it is weird. It's an awkward situation. Yeah. yeah so it's never a guaranteed. Um, yeah. It's, it's never plug and play, you know, these, these things. Yeah. 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 It, it's fine. Sometimes 
then you realize there's this kind of mis- uh, mismatch in how people perceive you, I guess, or, or vice versa. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, yeah. I had to send a few hard emails. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Always by Brad first. I'm like, uh, how, how does this sound? Does this sound like I'm being an asshole? <laughs> well, luckily you can get ChatGPT to write rejection emails now for oh, yeah. you. Right. That may, may, yeah. Instead of ghosting someone. Uh, uh, um, so, uh, despite the accent that we can hear, our listeners can hear, you guys are from Canada, which is um, nice, a little little uh, geographic nepotism on the show, which yeah. is nice. Um, so, but does being Canadian or, or being from Toronto, does that play into your identity at all? Or does it not matter, especially like in the digital realm? Um, I don't know that it really makes a difference. Like, mm-hmm. we definitely champion stuff from our community, mm-hmm. but we very much a multicultural community where more than half the people here aren't even born here. Yes. So it's already a creative, interesting, like inspiring melting pot. Yes. So I'm not sure that matters uh, where we live so much. It's just like trying to champion the community you're in and just finding stuff you like, regardless of its kind of geographic locale. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a definitive, like, you know, quota to promote local stuff or anything. It's just kind yeah. of what works. Yeah. But you will take those Canadian grants if they're given to you. <laughs> yeah. They're hard to get, but yeah. They are hard to get. I know. It's been nice to be able to survive without it so far, but we it's definitely want to get in on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um that's that's funny. Um so but I'm, I, yeah, I do. Wait, did you say, Brad, did you say like half of people in Toronto weren't born in Toronto? Is that an, an actual stat? Yeah, but I believe like I, I read recently for a while, it was like, I think 40 to 45%. Yeah. And I read recently gone above 50%. Oh, that's unbelievable. Uh, like weren't born in Canada or weren't specifically just born in Toronto? Uh, we're in born in Canada. That's incredible. Yeah. I, and I don't, I don't doubt that one bit. I don't doubt yeah. that one bit, but that's interesting. I, I mean, that could really speak to your, to the music, right? And that could really, I mean, especially because I hear in your compilations in your music, I hear so many different genres. You would almost use this, that the term world music, which is like an outdated term, but like it is, it is like, honestly, like it's almost, I don't know if this is shoehorning, but it is like a good represent visual, a sonic representation of Toronto in a weird way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think that that's kind of like, if, if you were to describe the sound, it would be kind of the, the I guess, multicultural intersections of certain genres, you know, yeah. like, or yeah. how, you know, boogie and whatnot. But yeah, definitely um, Toronto being such a yeah, multicultural melting pot, it, 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 helps, it helps spice it up. But I think we also just both had... Um, a general love for music from all around the world. Yeah. yeah. You know, before that, but we're, we're both not from Toronto either. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's probably why I liked you. So speaking of, <laughs> of, of digital, I, I follow you mostly on Bandcamp. Have you guys thought about, and I, I think everything I've purchased has been digital. Do you guys, where do you uh, land on the physical spectrum here? Is that something, are you sticking with digital? Is that like something that you're intentional about? Or, I mean, I guess it's more of a question of your audience and, and do your audience want 12 inches or tapes or CDs? So what, what are your thoughts on physical? Uh, like we're open to physical, I guess there's a few barriers of entry. Like there's the fact that I feel like we want to grow to a certain size where we know we can like sell three to 500 records for Good sure. Point. Yeah. The other barrier entry is like the insane costs of pressing vinyl post pandemic. Yes. Like with my, my own music, I pressed a few records in the past and like the cost now is just more insane than ever. So yeah, again, we have to be very confident. We can uh, unload these things and not have like hundreds of records records sitting in the back of our apartments that never go, yeah, <laughs> that go yeah. unsold. Well, that is kind of a rite of passage, though. Everybody needs to yeah, have a couple boxes. Well, I've, I've had that with, like, DVD. I used to run a BMX DVD zine years and years ago. No way. Um, 
So okay. I've had, okay. So yeah, as long as you've had one of your projects <laughs> in a box, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, the uh, we, we we're getting mighty close to it though. I, yeah. I, I think uh, the the goal this year was to do it, but uh, we, we we basically had two goals at the beginning of this year. One was to kind of like uh, get into tour, like tour the label, like showcase the label okay. around the world as much as we could. Um, and we managed to go down to Colombia at the beginning of the year and have a possible Mexico tour in the works at the moment, yeah. which is super exciting. But um, and then the other goal was to like go into the physical realm. I think that's. I think next year is definitely going to be the the year. But we we kind of split the difference by. Oops, sorry, my phone alarm. That's all right. Um, we we yeah we. We came into it with with a bit of merch. Uh, right. This, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that looks great. The well, that's a really good th- thing you kind of uh, alluded to, Brad. Uh, like just the idea of like growing your audience uh, digitally before you take that leap. I, I think actually a lot of labels could learn from that, so that you get to a point where it's like, listen, if five percent of our audience is going to buy physical, which might be like a pretty reasonable stat. If 5% of our audience is going to buy physical and we want to sell 200 units, well then like, let's just reverse engineer that math. How many supporters or followers do we need before we press 200 records? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think we're getting close to next year. We, we considered like doing a split, uh, 12 inch of like, couple of our releases together to kind of get things going. So I think we're getting close, but we generally, I'm not, yeah, I don't want to wade in those waters too soon. Yeah. We've had, we've had enough people start to knock on the door though for it. So that's, that's like a good indicator where they're like, well, are you guys pressing vinyl? (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, I'll be, I'll sign up for one for sure. Um, <laughs> what about streaming? I, I like, I, like I said, I, I, you know, for some, for me and, and your label, I follow you on, on Bandcamp. So it's a Bandcamp thing. Um, what kind of success or lack of success have you guys had on streaming? I haven't really even checked out your releases on streaming. So yeah, streaming was super secondary in the beginning. So like, we were like basically solely Bandcamp yeah. focused. Um, you know, we're putting stuff up on, you know, all the DSPs. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, and then up until basically the beginning of this year, um, started to sink our teeth into the streaming stuff. Um, so kind of, uh, you know, spent a bunch of time learning Facebook ads and mm-hmm. all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And, um, and have, yeah, this, this year, like with the couple of releases, um, that we've had, um, yeah, I've had, had pretty good, uh, success with it through running the Facebook ads better than any, than we had them from, from not doing it essentially. Okay, okay cool. Um, That's good. Because, because it's such a, like a, a niche kind of sound, it's even hard to find like playlists, like, you know, through submit hub, we like, we would get on the odd little playlist, yeah. you know, thousand followers and that was great and maybe give us a couple hundred streams or something sure but i since since running the the ads and like running ads for our own playlists and all that kind of stuff definitely found like way more engagement so that's kind of like where we're starting to build out from now yeah that's really great to hear i'm doing the same thing i'm running an ad experiment right now with one of our sponsors and i think it's um yeah it's there's some pretty big impacts. I mean, you, you can spend money doing it, but it, um, if you get followers and like lifetime fans, it's worth it. Yeah, exactly. Well, like, I mean, even from, so the, the main campaign that I experimented on, on it with was, uh, with my own release in, uh, uh, through the summer. And I think spent like about a thousand dollars on it because wow. we have pretty, overhead in uh in, yeah. in the rest of the yeah. table because all the design sure yeah that's a good point marketing is like that's the main cost um yeah and so, yeah we spent like yeah about a thousand dollars for about 350 dollars a song so i just like released it also released it differently on um spotify and all the streaming platforms like a 
I'll do it kind of more traditionally through Bandcamp, like, you know, one single yeah. or two, depending how big the release is, and then the rest of the release. Whereas on the stream platform, because, like, no one's really watching too closely, mm-hmm. um, I'm just dropping them out as singles every month to kind of, like, jack that algorithm up and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Basically, I had the three song P and then um, release them all, uh, you know, month by month right, as a right. single, about a $350 budget for each song in marketing. And, and yeah, it's, it's been like, a, you know, I went from having like I don't know, 80 monthly listeners or 100 monthly listeners to like 6,000 wow. over the course of, you know, three months, which is like a huge sure, leap. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and then have you had an increase in followers as well on Spotify? Yeah. Great, yeah. great. Um, I think it was like, yeah, about 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 uh, hundred something like that to uh, almost a thousand now. So, um, so it would in, be, in the- yeah. Well, that's incredible. That and and I think I mean a thousand followers is a big deal because those thousand are going to get your new every single new song on their release radar moving forward. So that's like that's a kind of a good long term investment. So that like, are you pretty happy with how you know what you got for your thousand dollars? Yeah, because I think you know, like it's not a direct you know return on investment in terms of yeah. like streaming royalties and whatnot, but. I think um, the overall, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy yeah. with it. Like, and have you, uh, yeah, have you built like, a, do you now have like a, what do you call it, like a an audience in in on Facebook ads? Like, do you think that you've been refining that that target? Oh, yeah. yeah, big time. And and like, I think one of the biggest, um, uh, one of the coolest results from it. It was basically, you know, because we've never really had a lot of like getting um, placed on decent playlists on Spotify and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And just from running the ads, curators on their own Instagram have been adding us to really cool playlists. So I've actually gotten just not even submitting to Submit Hub and all yeah. that stuff organically through the oh, ads. Re- and like, you know, the, the curators would message me and say, oh, I love this. Uh, put it on the playlist of like 6,000 followers in Turkey or whatever, you know, like j- just really, really interesting reach um, that has like, yeah, changed the trajectory a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I would say that MidHub has like had seriously diminishing returns for mm-hmm. us over time that yeah. we're finding that like the playlist that had any pull at all really wanted you to be in like this micro-specific kind of genre that they yeah. were like, like okay. You know, Exact vibe, you know, like, like something <laughs> close to it. I, I would say stuff that definitely would work in the playlist, but it wasn't that exact. So I know. We, it, yeah, it just didn't work for us anymore. It, it wasn't worth the the money we were spending. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I'm really I, I I found that too. I 100% have found that too, and that's why I'm kind of been experimenting with some other outlets and different ways of doing things. And and uh, I, I find that really interesting. And I, and I think it'd be really interesting to see if these like now that I don't know if you're still running the ads, I don't know if you're still spending money, but like, if you're not, it'd be interesting to see how long ideally forever that 6,000 number lasts, right? Like if it drops back down to 60, then that sucks, you know, but if those people are perpetually and those playlists are perpetually listening to you, then gosh, then it would definitely be worth a thousand bucks. So, so what, what I found from it, so it has dropped a little bit down to about, Four and a half thousand over okay. the course. I stopped spending about like this is all kind of recently. So I, I stopped spending about a, I want to say a month or two ago, and then yeah, everything like the trajectory kept going because what also happens is that it triggered all the Spotify algorithm playlists. So I got on the Discover Weekly and the wow. release radar and all that. So it like yeah, it really it you know. The, the actual ads generated probably about um, collectively across the whole EP, probably about, um, I want to say, like close to 10,000 strings, right? Okay. Okay. Whatever. That's good. And since then, all the algorithmic playlists have, have it's generated um, about 40,000 strings. So just over 40,000 strings. 
Wow. Um, and you know, roughly you can almost, you can almost say like, I don't know, it's changing, but like, I feel like to make a thousand dollars back, you need about a hundred thousand streams. And that's, yeah. you know, that's kind of like, I know we're talking currencies here and stuff, but like, so you, potentially you, you have made already made 40% of your investment back. Potentially, yeah. I mean, now distribute takes a huge chunk, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> But, but, but the way that I look at it as like the, the, the streaming platforms in general, I kind of look at it as like a bit of a, a funnel towards, you know, the like, like kind of like a business card, yep, I guess. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Sure. Yeah. Like, not, I mean, you know, unless you're making, yeah, it's, it's, it's sort of like a billboard cost, you know, yeah. and then hopefully luck off a couple of like super fans from that and places and build up like a little bit of, um, uh, following of places that you can maybe tour to because I mean all the 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 revenue that is you know can actually make some money is like through gigs and merch okay. and yeah yeah stuff like that so that's kind of the well no, not not you're expecting to make uh, you know no <laughs> big, no, no. Big, no but I appre- <laughs> I actually I'm glad we went on that little tangent because I I've been doing it at the same time as you and and I I appreciate the insights and the the transparency um, because a lot of people it's so easy to burn through money on Facebook ads. And, uh, but I'm kind of, you know, I'm doing it right now through hyped it and I, I'm enjoying like building that audience and I'm enjoying, you know, and I've set aside a budget for it. So to be able to see it, um, to see it grow and to see it, you know, see those numbers grow. The playlist likes are growing. The followers are are growing. Monthly listeners are growing. Um, it's kind of fun. So yeah, I'm glad you shared that with us. Have, yeah, absolutely. Have you have you um played around with a chart metric um site? Uh, no, oh. I, I'm familiar with them, but no, I haven't. Like for ads? I, uh, no, not for ads. Okay. Just for general data collection. Oh, okay. okay. And I found um uh you know like it, it maybe can be a little bit of a novelty, but I, I think it has like a lot of really great insight into it for just kind of. Yeah, if you care about that stuff, like yeah. the back end yeah. stuff, which people don't and and whatever, but I kind of speak out about it a little bit. Um, so is, and, do you think you could see like a playlist that you mentioned, a non-Spotify playlist, pick up your track from this campaign and that you connect with them for future uh, label releases? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. That's I mean, great. some is and then um but some uh definitely and i'll like reach out to them uh, like i always if anyone gives us puts us on their platform i'll always like reach out sure you know like i think it's important so let's talk about marketing as we're kind of moving in that direction and i'm not embedded into this scene or genre as you guys i'm a fan but like from a distance and so forgive me if i'm like a little naive here um but I'm curious about like the DJ world and like, is this like a, a part of your marketing strategy? Like, um, like how do you like, are you interested in getting music to DJs? Is it strictly to music fans or like, do you want people to be putting your, your stuff in sets? Like how does explain that world to me a little bit? That's like a huge part of it. It's like kind of DJs getting tracks and like, especially early on before, people even know about them where they're released and like okay. starting to generate a buzz before like the tracks even announced. Okay. Like people just are just trying to like, yeah, Shazam everything and like uh, figure out what that banger is and have no clue at all. <laughs> a good network of DJs that we're definitely slowly building who like we give early release stuff to, or some that we just give stuff to like just before the release and like, they can start to play it and generate buzz before it's even out. I think it's really helpful for nice. especially in the world yeah 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 for sure yeah it's definitely all coincides the yeah label djs so then um is the i'm curious about like is your genre like is your scene more about the tracks than it is about the artists like i get that impression is that true in any way that the artists aren't as front and center as say like a rapper or a singer songwriter a little bit of both. It, it kind of depends. Maybe in like early days, 
you know, because you can be a no boat, like you're like a, a sort of not well-known artist mm-hmm. and, you know, just have this killer track and then that's, that's it. That's it. You know, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like any music, though, any music so you have a, a single big moment. For true. But, that's true. But there's, there's definitely, there's definitely people that like follow labels over artists in that kind of industry. But like, uh, then there's also, you know, d- definitely like artists that people follow closely once they're kind of more established and, and stuff. I don't know what do you. I would say the artist does. It does matter. Like it's it's, a, yeah. yeah, especially to, especially to other DJs. Like they're super curious and they're gonna like follow up and see what that person's doing. But even yeah. casual people, casual fans will like ask us about music we're playing and then ask us about yeah, mention it later how they've been enjoying yeah. that artist's catalog. So I think there's more to it than. Yeah. I don't think we're in this realm, like an ambient kind of playlist where people literally have no idea what yeah. any of <laughs> yeah. and any of that stuff. That's I think true. just more artist recognition. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, you're it's, right. it's yeah. not the top level of artist recognition as far as, you know, music in general goes, but I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I would imagine the artists would be pushing for that too. Yeah, for sure. Because it helps like excel their you know, career and, you know, gig opportunities and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's on me. Wilson Colby. So let me ask you before we go about the two of you, like, how does that work? How does this relationship work? Do you guys have like individual responsibilities? And uh, I mean, we talked about your, your shared passion, which I think is obviously essential for for doing this um there's i don't know you know i'm kind of curious like how many like duo labels we have out there i mean probably the majority would be an individual and then there's a lot of labels of course that have like multiple staff um so talk to me a little bit about the, your dynamic of the two of you um yeah so <laughs> i do everything i don't want to but... like break you up here like i've already ruined the summer compilation so <laughs> I don't want to no. c- cause a divorce. <laughs> nah, so, um, like, I, I tend to, you know, do all the design and, um, uh, like, kind of more marketing, like, like the ad stuff and, and whatnot. And then Brad does, the, like, the books and helps, like, uh, when we're doing tours and stuff, he does, like, a lot of the um, scheduling. He's good at that. He's got way more experience and, and, and all that. Yeah, make playlists too. I don't know, whatever like, random yeah. um, tasks kind of come up. Like, it definitely, it's like his brainchild in the beginning and I'm like happy to be involved and stuff. So it's slightly tilted towards Caden. Um, but um, yeah, we kind of just, it's, it's a case-by-case basis. So we don't have super, there's some defined tasks and some open things that we just throw back and forth. Hey, can you do this? Like, can you, get all of our mixes up on YouTube now and figure out how that works. So like, yeah. I just figure that out one week. There's like, you know, lots of various little tasks that come up that we yeah. see. Yeah. Who's ever free that week, really? <laughs> what about <laughs> a- <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, you know, it's funny. Like you talk about some of the benign stuff like YouTube, like there are, there is a moment in every label when it's like, I think we should probably do YouTube or whatever yeah. it is. I think we should probably do X, Y, Z. Who's going to do this? This is annoying. It, it's probably, exactly. it's a long-term, like it's good in the long-term, but that Saturday afternoon of uploading is annoying. So yeah. That's literally what he did yesterday. Like the last three days, <laughs> right? Three days straight. Well, I don't know if you saw the alert, but I just subscribed to your channel this afternoon. So oh, it's, okay. it's not all in waste. <laughs> there we go. There, there's one. Um, no, no, that's great. So, it is nice to be able to split like 50 50 some of those benign tasks. What about AR? Yeah, that's that sort of happens organically. Like, yeah. we're not like I th- uh, the vehicle the label is largely a vehicle for our own music, like yeah. to, be, right. to be honest. But and then for other things that we really like, and we're not like a lot of times something just come, we come across something we like or an artist we like, or someone just sends us a track. It does happen pretty organically. We're not like. Yeah. spending hours and hours and hours like hunting people down and trying to like convince them to release music but it, so, sometimes it's even <laughs> we're like oh 
you know, we'll get excited by a track that's like, oh man, we're going to work on our own music here. So, that's right. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. It, it can be um, a little push and pull with that. So, so it's good. It's, it's, we're super grateful that people like show interest and have been sending us stuff or like, you know, are willing to work with us. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it's definitely a bit of a vehicle for our own thing. So we're never like concerned if there's like a little bit of a dead zone with like submissions. We're like, all right, sweet, we can you know, yeah. Like we'd rather <laughs> work into a release and make sure we do it right than like have a release every month or even twice a month. Like I see some labels do, which is insane. Like we yeah. keep it to like <laughs> three, four a year max. If six months go by, which we did have between the fall and the spring, we had like a six month gap. But that's, we're pushing that's, that's a bunch fine. That's fine. And now we have a bunch of stuff to put out. And, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, yeah, I was kind of curious about that. I mean, even just as a fan, like I know I see some stuff come out and then it's like a little bit of a quiet period. So you do, I mean, you do have some sort of responsibility to like, like staying in touch. Like obviously you're saying that that um, fall to spring, like you were aware that you had kind of gone dark and you identified yeah. as that, that is kind of a problem. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, we definitely don't want to have that big of a, a yeah. Three months is usually a good gap. Three, four, yeah. four months max is quarterly. Is, is probably yeah, yeah. Qu- quarterly feels good. Yeah, and no, that's right. smart. Yeah, but like because like events is like a huge part of right. our right running. Tours, so we're able to stay active locally through that. Sure. But I can see, you know, I see what um, you're saying. Yeah, no, I see I, what you're saying series like monthly ish we do we also do like every month or two we have a guest kind of curator mm. do a mix too so we're not we're like pretty active at all times and if we can kind of keep that kind of consistency with that schedule and releases every three months that would be that, that's ideal yeah no that and that's healthy i think that's healthy so i don't want you to change at all i like what you're doing and what, how you do it um but um what does the future look like for you ideally i mean we've talked about it a little bit here and there about about uh physical and uh, and whatnot and we talked about the design evolution potentially uh, is it keeping this pace going quarterly is it like do you have something else up your sleeve uh, is there an ideal, you know, type of label that you want to become? Um, I guess like one inspiration. I, I'm, I'm inspired by some of like this labels, like Dar Disco is a Dar Disco is like an example where like just like a duo who runs a label like we do, and they've all, they've also used it as a vehicle to kind of heighten their their DJ careers as well. Right. And right. as the oh, and their bookings have gotten better, and um, just started to tour all, all over the place and. So ideally, we'd also use the label as, as a way to heighten our DJ careers and get better gigs that way and more consistent gigs and more tours as well. Yeah, so that, that that's kind of... But, but also at the same time, um, really want to focus on like platforming artists and like helping like launch their careers. Because right. we know we have a launch pad label, you know, with, with, with small and um, I, I would love to kind of any artists that we're working with, you know, be able to get signed to bigger labels and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, there's that element. Yeah. Um, yeah like I, I think just kind of, kind of what we're doing is just like, you know, chugging along, you know, just uh, release every quarter, maybe, maybe start doing one every two months if we can. Easy buy. <laughs> If, if if we can find it, like if maybe if someone else gets involved in the label at at at, at one point, you know, like maybe part time or something. I mean, like, yeah, I would, yeah, I would love to get to a point actually where we can like employ someone part time or something to kind of just sure. yeah. lighten the load a little bit. Um, we're not we're not quite there, but you know, we we definitely could get there. But yeah, if there's like music we like and someone's like send us something inspiring like we want to do our best to like get that out as soon as possible like we had an irish producer named mandalist we just released a single on like a month after the compilation we released like that's the quickest we've ever we've had two releases in the same month but like the music is so good and needs to be heard that we just made it a priority to get that music out as quickly as possible yeah even though we had like two three other releases in the, in the awesome. backlog 
he was super excited and 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 normally I'd just be like, whoa, cool weird jets. Yeah, yeah. Like persuade <laughs> a bit. Now, yeah, yeah. But uh, it is like just too much of a banger track and <laughs> and, and I'm glad we did. Like, you know, I got played in front of ten thousand people like a you know, a week wow. ago, which is like wow. that's probably milestones for us at like this massive festival. Sure. Um so like little things like that that's that's kind of the you know the the, the, the little goals that we're going Quick for question when it when a track gets played at a festival like that like what how is that good for the label like how, how do you get fans to connect with that like i mean do you get paid for that in any way or like how did how does that work i i just think like the uh the exposure like there's a certain unknown there's like a mystique to like hearing something amazing that you don't know what it is or something is not released yet. And some DJs are playing it like that. And people are like, or what, what, what's that track? What is that? Details start to emerge. And okay. then this buzz that kind of comes from that, this excitement. Frenzy, you know, it's okay. like, oh, yeah. yeah, a couple of like, you know, hot DJs like playing around and then, you know, and people are trying to Shazam and it's not showing up and you know, that, that, okay. that kind of thing. It, you know, it, so it, that's it, part it of the culture? Yeah, big time. I see. Time. I see. Okay. It's going all the time. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Oh, I didn't realize that. That is pretty cool. Do DJs ever like post their set list somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of okay. like um DJs will like post their set lists and we also send um out to a lot of uh like there's a big sort of DJ radio culture with yeah. uh Worldwide FM and NTS and all those sure. kinds of yeah. stuff. You know, we'll send them, or you know, like, and, and you know, every, every label will send them like exclusives, and it won't be available for a couple of months. And you know, if there's a really banging track, and like I've heard tracks on on you know NTS shows before, and then like emailed, like you know, they've, they've announced the name of the person. I've like gone and emailed the person, like, hey, you got that track? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And sometimes it, sometimes I'll give it to you. And That's so crazy. It, I, I could never <laughs> conceive the idea of like releasing, like getting promotion for something that isn't available to the public. In my world, that's just so, what a, what a wasted opportunity. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. you can't buy this. Yeah, and yeah. You, you definitely see uh, people like Quartet or whatever just post like these tiny clips. Like after other DJs are playing maybe a new track of his, he posts like, this tiny clip of his Ableton session with like 10 seconds of the track. Like, oh, that's your track. What's going on? Like, oh, there's nice. just like this level of, yeah, that's excitement cool. and that yeah. can really help. And yeah. geekery. This is a little bit of geekery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Well, that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you have that in your community. I think that's so beneficial. That's awesome. Guys, I love the label. I really love the label. And uh, I, I I love what you're doing. Keep doing it. Please don't stop. If anything, just for me, um, I I would if if you are taking requests, I would love a, like a maybe like a 20 minute mix of Honey Bee. I think that's probably the best song I've ever heard in the past 10 years. So maybe like if you don't mind, just press your first pressing would be like however much however much time you can fit on one 12 inch 26 minutes of, of Honey Bee. You know what? Just, just if you don't mind, yeah. <laughs> just like that vocal loop for twenty minutes. Nothing that would else. Be, that would be all I need. If, it, if there's anyone we owe it to, it's it's you because oh, thank you. Honestly, out of the label uh, in twenty May of oh, yeah around May of twenty twenty, and, and I've done a couple of little things, and then I went into Google. <laughs> and I, uh, how do I start a record label? And it's like, you were literally the only thing that <laughs> Good. to listen to your podcast. And so like, like props to you because like so much of like everything that, like even, you know, press kit templates. Like I, I, I still use like those. Oh, that's the, awesome. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, so. I don't need your thanks. I just need that track. Just <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I, I, I love. Well, that first little EP that you guys did, I, I like completely burned through that digital copy um, oh, back in, in 2020. And uh, I love it so much. Anyway, congrats, guys. <laughs> uh, I love what you're doing. Thank thanks. you so much. Thanks so much, Scott. And thank you all for listening. Go to Stereo Ferment. 
www.bandcamp.com. So it's stereo, like the normal way you spell it, and ferment, as in F-E-R-M-E-N-T.bandcamp.com to check out uh, this incredible Toronto-based label of psych, tropical, dub, boogie, disco, house, Afrocentric-inspired grooves. Uh, I'm a huge fan. You heard that in the show. I'm a huge fan. I love these guys. I love their music. I... Um, download everything that they put out and so please give them a, a give them a listen and another shout out to our sponsor squarespace for sponsoring uh this week's episode and if you're looking for a solution um to build a website actually notice that stereo ferment doesn't have a website i went to stereoferment.com and it wasn't registered so if you guys are listening you should use squarespace to build your website just go to otherrecordlabels.com slash squarespace where you can get 10 percent off which helps support this show. Thanks again for listening and head over to otherrecordlabels.com for all of our back episodes and our resources for indie record labels.